Oh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's good to see you all. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to start with a song that I'm going to play. And unfortunately, I'll apologize ahead of time. I was looking for one that, like, you know how we have the ones that stream and show you the words. I couldn't find one that had that. So um, you'll have the recording on the, on the email that gets sent out. You can click on it and then find the words for it. But um, I'm going to go ahead and kick that, kick that off, and we'll start with that this morning. Kind of a, a vocal illustration of Satan setting up shop in the world and deceiving men and women and the one who was slain, the lamb who was slain, coming and proclaiming freedom. And uh, thinking about Fourth of July and celebrating that uh, throughout uh, this week and enjoying that, you know, for, for, for those that might not know, it's more than just the day off of work for most of us. Um, but it does represent this idea of freedom. And <clears throat> you might think, okay, well, then Brother Austin's going to uh, title his sermon today Freedom, but it's not. My, and I hope I don't offend anybody by this title, but the title of my sermon today is Don't Be a Vomit Eater. Okay? Okay. Don't be a vomit eater. Wow. Okay? And you might think, where is he going? There is no graphic. I did try. No. But for those of you that have dogs, you kind of know that this is what dogs will do, is it not? And it's disgusting. And it's just, I don't know why they do it. I don't know what's attractive to it. But... For whatever reason, that's what dogs will do. And um, I'm going to do my best to bring us back to this concept of freedom, but also getting us to realize, you know, sometimes we've got to put some shock value out there because, you know, sometimes you guys, your brothers and sisters will say, oh, remember when Brother Austin spoke on checking off the boxes or things like that. So you get a catchphrase, a lot of times it's more memorable. So don't be vomit eaters. That's my catchphrase for today. Don't be vomit eaters. Okay? And there's a reason for that. In 2 Peter, second chapter, <clears throat> Peter is discussing this idea of false prophets and false teachers. And he gives an illustration at the end, which actually is a proverb, um, and you can go back and look at the proverb. Uh, but it is this idea of dogs that return to their own vomit. And he's correlating this uh, as he talks about this to these false teachers who did know what Christ had done and yet chose this other path. And so... Um, The 20th verse says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the, of, of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. 
but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the soul, and the soul that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. So um, this idea of having the gospel and receiving this freedom, and I'm going to go to the song quickly, um, because it's describing, again, Satan almost setting up shop in the world, being cast out of heaven, um, and then doing anything that he can to lure the souls of men to sin, and making it as, t as enticing as it can be, um, you know, clouding our minds, giving us all those areas of gray that we would stumble and, and fall into. Um, and, and, and we've all experienced this. We see it around us. And yet, here, um, Peter is, is proclaiming to these, these uh, people and the saints there that it's better to take hold of this freedom and grasp it and not turn back to that than had they never learned about it to begin with. And, you know, I don't know, again, I don't want this whole sermon to be about vomiting, but, you know, when, when we eat something that doesn't satisfy, or, or not satisfy, doesn't sit well with us, that's our body's kind of a reaction to that, right? We gotta, we purge it, we gotta get rid of it. And the same thing with a dog or uh, most animals. And, and so, today, are we, experiencing that purging in our lives of the sin that Satan is trying to entice us with? Are we removing those things and finding ways to purge them and then more importantly, not going back to them again? Not returning as a dog returns to its vomit. And this idea of freedom, and as, we, as I said, we celebrated our our, our nation's freedom uh, this week, and, and I don't know about you, but it's always a very good time of reflection for me, and I think about all those that have lost their lives to give us the freedoms that we enjoy, and many times take for granted, do we not? You know, the fact that we can assemble here in this church building this morning without any fear of somebody coming in to arrest us or throw us in prison, or kill us because we're Christians, or anything else, is a blessing. And oftentimes, I think we take it for granted every week. That's what we do. We show up to church, and sometimes we show up a little late, sometimes we come early. We just show up. <clears throat> but there's countries in the world that that can't happen. There's, there's missionaries that go out into the, into the mission fields of the world trying to teach Jesus Christ, and there is that fear every time they get together that soldiers could come in. So in reflecting over that this weekend, or, or this week, I, I just was thinking about the many things that we take for granted and how often we allow those things that the Lord has set free in us, sin, and those things that come before us, he set them apart and taken them away from our life, yet so oftentimes we return to those things. We kind of gravitate back a little bit, a little step here, a little step here. And the next thing we know, we're right back in the sin that we thought we had resolved or given up. Well, I want to go back to the words of Jesus um, in the 
John, the eighth chapter. And he was talking to uh, the Jews at the time. And in the 31st verse of the eighth chapter of John, he says, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Now, these were believers in, what Je- in who Jesus Christ was and, and what he was proclaiming. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed. We're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? So we haven't known prison or or capture or been taken over. We're we're Abraham's seed. We have the blessings of God. We're God's children. How can you say we're made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. And so Jesus kind of proclaims this thing. This uh, continues to, to talk to them. I know who you are. I know you're Abraham's seed. But this 36th verse, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Do you feel free today? As, as you come into church, um, maybe you came in with the burden. We had uh, many prayers today, pr- uh, requests for prayer this morning. And those things burden us, do they not? Those, those are very real things. Some of them are, are pains, some of them are afflictions, some of them are just spiritual strength, some of them are um, uh, seeking employment opportunities and, and doing those things that we need to do to provide for our families. And, and, and those things weigh on us. And so I'm not really saying freedom from those things. Do you feel free from sin today? And for those of you that have gone through the waters of baptism, when the Son proclaimed freedom in you, you are free indeed. doesn't mean we don't ever make a mistake or we don't ever kind of step back and get a little closer and and do things wrong. But his mercy continues and his mercies are new every morning. And we have opportunity to... Get back into the presence of God and to experience this freedom and not take it for granted. Because I think just like maybe in our country we take things for granted, I think sometimes we take for granted our, our freedom and the proclamation of freedom that's been given through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. And we think, oh, well, you know, we're, we're all sinful creatures, right? Um, Second Nephi tells us that Adam fell that men might be and men are that they might have joy. And it talks about how we've all fallen because of the fall of, of Adam and Eve. And that is so true. But when Jesus Christ speaks freedom from sin into your life, when the Spirit of God enters you and abides with you and you abide in the vine, last week in San Carlos, um, 
spoke on, on the 15th chapter of John, talking about this idea of abiding in the true vine, which is Jesus Christ. And when we abide in him, we are able to bring forth good fruit. Not fruit of our own, but Christ-driven, Christ-forgiven um, fruit. And recognizing that when we attach ourselves to the vine, the true vine of Jesus Christ, and we receive that Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct our lives, we are free from the sin that owns us. It no longer owns us. Sure, does it affect us from time to time? Does it come into our hearts from time to time? Sure, but it no longer owns us. And Satan will continue to tell you, ah, you messed up. I got you back. You can't go back to the Lord. You, you did the same thing you did a year ago. You did the same thing you did six months ago. You, you can't go back. And Jesus Christ is there every time. His mercies are new every morning. Amen. When we get upon our knees and we ask for forgiveness of those things that do easily beset us, as the, the Apostle Paul says, you know, they do. He recognized that. You think about these spiritual giants that, that have written the word of God, and obviously God brings it forth, and, and Peter describing this about these false prophets and pro false teachers, and these mighty men, but these were men and women just like you and I. They faced the same temptations. They faced the same burdens. They faced the same effects of Satan trying to work upon their hearts and setting up shop in the world and trying to entice them with sin. And so what we can do then is we can take this freedom that we've been given and not um, ignore it or forget about the freedom that it's been. But, and that's my whole point today is trying to get us to recognize the freedom that we've been given, the freedom from sin, that it would no longer own us, own our minds, own our hearts, but instead that we would be excited for the freedom in which Christ has given. Just like that song, you know, it talks about, it's basically talking about Satan for the first half of the song and this, you know, world that he's set up. And then in comes this mercy, as it's described in the song. In comes mercy riding on this horse with thousands of angels riding next to me, and the earth begins to shake. Well, I don't know about your uh, conversion story, but it might not be as earth-shattering as the earth-shaking as we're seeing, experienced in California here the last uh, week or so uh, with these earthquakes, but the same type of thing happened in your life. There was this time where you had to make a decision of what path you were going to follow and no longer be enticed and be owned by Satan and instead choose the freedom that comes through Christ and his mercy. So I'm going to go back to the beginning. Assuming most of us in here have taken that step and, and, and decided to make Jesus our choice and to gain that freedom. Why do we sometimes 
go back like the dog to its vomit. Why do we do that? I would say today that it's because we forget the freedom and the price that has been paid. Just like we forget about the lives that have been lost, that, that we might have this free place that we can worship in a country that, sure, do we have our flaws? Absolutely. And, you know, sin is rampant everywhere around us. But God established this country. And as long as we read in the word of God, as long as there are those that love and serve God with all their heart, mind, spirit, and soul, their strength. We learned about that just a month or so ago in our joint retreat about how we can get these tools in our lives so that we can push out Satan's continued bombardment of our mind and our spirit to tell us that we're not good enough. Later on in that second uh, chapter of Second Nephi, <clears throat> right after it says, Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy, in the 26th verse, it says, And the Messiah cometh in the fullness of time, that he may redeem the children of men from the fall. And because that they are redeemed from the fall, they have become free forever knowing good from evil, to act for themselves and not to be acted upon, save it be by the punishment of the law at that great and last day, according to the commandments of God hath given. Wherefore, men are free according to the flesh, and all things are given them which are expedient unto men. And they are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the great mediation of all men or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and the power of the devil. For he seeketh that all men would be miserable like unto himself. Well, if Satan is seeking for all of us to be miserable like him, then I am going to stay to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Because I want you to have joy in your life. I want you to feel freedom in your life. I want you to be, have that lively hope within you. Not only that you would be lifted up, but that you might shine forth the light of Christ that others might see. And so today, if I can do anything, I just want to encourage you, don't let Satan win. Allow this wonderful gospel to envelop your life. Allow the mercy of Christ to ever be upon your mind. Don't ever take it for granted. Sure, we're going to stumble. We're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. But don't let yourself wallow in the vomit. Rise yourself up. Ask for forgiveness and step forward in the mercy, as it said here, in the great mediation of all men, and choose liberty and eternal life. That should be our desire each and every day. You might think, well, you know, how does that affect my everyday life? You make choices every day. 
We have to make choices every day that we would walk closer with the Lord, that we might walk in his path. And so, again, I encourage you today, make those choices. Draw closer to the Lord. Experience his freedom in your life and allow the freedom to remain. No longer be held captive by sin and by Satan. You know, as I think I've shared with most of you, most probably most of the times I speak, Music to me is just one of those things. It like speaks to my soul. And so as I'm, even as I'm watching that song, I was preparing and knew that song was going to be played. You know, you hear something and it's just like. And again, it, it, it reminded me that we need to be cheerleaders one for another as well. Because oftentimes we'd like to lift ourselves up by putting others down. Uh, look what so-and-so is doing. I'm doing better than him, you know? But that's not the standard that we should attain. The standard is Christ. And that's what we need to strive for. And let's be there to lift each other up when we do fall, when we do fail. Because that's, as a community and a family of God, that's what we're called to do, that we might lift each other up, not kick each other while we're down. Or, hey, I'm not feeling so great, but I'll just take one step on Brother Ken because I know he's really struggling right now, and that helps lift me up. No. Find a brother. Find a sister. Help pick them up when we're struggling and going through these trials. And when you see someone falling off the path, do we have opportunity to reach out? We can be Christ to those who are in need. Because I don't know about you, I can't stand to even think about the thought of any of you returning to your vomit and eating it. It's disgusting when I see a dog do it. I certainly don't want to see people doing it. And again, the visual is there not to gross you out, but hopefully the visual is there that might be inspiring to us to recognize the freedom that we've been given and that we might no longer return to that sinful nature and that sinful life that's been purged from us through the atoning blood of Christ. May God bless you today is my prayer. Just got a couple remarks uh, to follow my brother. I, I uh, really enjoyed his uh, the sermon very much and found a lot of truth in it. And I, I, um, I had an interesting week this week that kind of uh, is not out of line of what our, you know, talking about spiritual bondage and returning to the vomit. Um, so my job this week sent me to Las Vegas. Okay, so I... For some people, they're like, oh, you got to go to Las Vegas. For other people, oh, you got to go to Las Vegas. Well, um, Sister Renee, of course, was praying that I would, my eyes would be opened and I would see the truth of Las Vegas, which was really interesting. Uh, I, the, the thing that would sum it up the best was in the airport, I'm overhearing a father and son talking. The little boy runs up to his dad and says, 
you know, because they have the slot machines right there in the airport, you know, and they don't, nobody monitors who's using them. And so the kids, so anyway, he says, oh, dad, I won 50 cents. The dad says, what did it cost you? $4. And I thought to myself, that's the, the bondage that Satan has for us is that if, you know, in staying in Las Vegas, staying in the hotel, which you walk through the casino to go everywhere, and you walk past all the entertainment venues, and it's all a lie. And even, like, I was, I was looking at my, um, my cell phone, and when it said the temperature, it said, you know, 87 degrees in paradise. And I'm like, paradise? And then I come to find out that, that the little section of uh, Las Vegas that my hotel was at is actually called paradise. And, and um, yeah, I, look, I looked it up online when I looked at the formal address. And, and it's like everything that you see is a lie. That's how Satan works. Absolutely everything you see, like you walk through the casino and every game has an attractive figure on it promising that you're going to win. We all know that those hotels make you lose, right? The odds are against you on every one of those games. It's all a lie, but they have all these images everywhere you are, and I have not been in any more beautiful bathrooms than what they have at all those casinos and hotels and conference centers. Like, you know, all the finishes are top-notch, you know, most stylish, latest. You know, as an architect, you look at this stuff, and it's, it's like, you know, when, when do you see a 30-foot ceiling in a bathroom? You know, it's like <laughs> everything is all set up to make you feel like you're in luxury and, and pampered and all that kind of stuff. It's also they can get your money. There's like an ulterior motive to everything you do that's about taking things from you. And that's the bondage that our brother is talking about, is that Satan, he wants to tie you down. All of the, um, the gambling stuff is all to tie you down financially. All of the, all of the sexual attractions, and, and there's stuff everywhere, is to make you feel dissatisfied with your relationship with your spouse or unable to achieve a healthy relationship because it portrays all these lies that make you think, you know, that, that to, to lure after uh, something that's not going to satisfy you. Everything Satan puts before us, you know, his job is to lie to us and make us think that God doesn't love us enough to want us to have the best of everything. Our brother read the verse about Adam fell that men might be and men are they might have joy. And, and Satan's job is the opposite, is to rob our joy. When we give into temptation, um, you know, that is him taking us and robbing us of God's blessing. You know, and, and the scripture that I had to, was, if I was going to speak today, that I was going to kick off on, if I can get to my um, email real quick, is um, in 1 Corinthians 2nd chapter, 9th verse. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which... God hath prepared for them that love him. God has got so much good for us, and, and we see it. You know, I, I was recalling that when I've visited with a saint, that's a faithful saint that's near the end of their life, I never hear them say, God deceived me. I was let down. I'm bitter. Not, they're always like welcoming, God has blessed my life. I have experiences. The Lord has manifested himself to me. And when I compare that to somebody that has pursued worldly pleasures, they're just sad, you know. There's nothing there for them, and and the Lord has got so many good things for us. Let us not, as our brother said, to return to the vomit. That, that's that's what Satan's got for us is all this evil stuff. 